Okay. Shalom Aleichem. Tonight we're going to discuss the uh, fifth malacha, the malacha of extracting or malacha of threshing. After the produce has been uh, grown and harvested, it's now necessary to take the kernels out of the husks of wheat. How do you do that? So what we used to have this thing called a merichorutz. A merichorutz was this uh, piece of wood that had attached to it uh, iron, stones, glass, and you would take your ox and you would attach this uh, piece of wood with this merichorutz to the ox, and you would stand on this piece of wood, and the ox would... Uh, bring you across the produce back and forth over the husks of wheat until the uh, the produce was would come out of the um, out of the husks that's the malacha deraisa that's the biblical av malacha the the uh, source of this malacha in the mishkan where do they use threshing in the mishkan so there's one opinion Opinion of Rashi. Rashi says that all of the first few malachas are associated with making the uh, spices uh, that were used to uh, dye the uh, uries, dye the curtains. So the to get the sammanim, uh, to get the uh, the some uh, to make these spices, you'd have to take the produce or whatever it was. And you'd have to thresh them to, to extract their kernels, and then they um, then they would they would cook them and they would grind them, etc. That's what Rashi says. It has to do with the the uh, dye that was used for the curtains. The dye was produced from these uh, kernels that were extracted by threshing. Then we have another opinion, the opinion of um, uh, Brought down in Gemara Daf Ein Gimel Amin Beis Adosh Amenapets. The Gemara puts together Adosh Amenapets. Napets means to take uh, flax and to extract the um, the threads out of the flax. You also have to thresh and crush the husks in order to get that thread out. So Tosfo says. Where was this found in the Mishkan? Tosfos says in Daf Ayin Dalim and Aleph, the Ramaschaf Al Gav, that they, in order to produce the uh, the uh, flax that was used for the curtains, also there was uh, threshing, a threshing process to get the thread out. Um, of course, in the Mishkan there was also the Lechem Aponim, there was also the showbread, but that's not really counted, according to most opinions as uh, one, of the, um, uh, one of the items that was done to produce the Mishkan, because that's something that was part of the service within the Mishkan. The 39 Malachas are all things that were done to create the Mishkan. The showbread was part of the service. Every week there was uh, new bread that was brought to Hashem in the Mishkan that wasn't counted as one of the 39 Malachas uh, done to create the Mishkan. So anyway, so we have this malacha of dash, threshing, and the Gemara puts together all the 
In order, in order for us to remember them better, as we discussed the last few lessons, the Gemara puts all the Malachas together in different categories. And the first uh, category is the category of making bread. So threshing is part of, even though breaking bread is not part of the Malachas on the Mishkan, but the Gemara puts this together with the Malacha of, uh, of um, put, groups the Malachas together as uh, the process of making bread in order that we should be able to remember them better. So if you had a big field, you would stand on the, on this Meri Kharutz. If you had a smaller field, you wouldn't need the uh, board. You would just go with the ox itself and bring the ox over the produce again and again. If you had really very, a very few amount of, of husks, you wouldn't need to um, use an animal at all. Uh, let's say a poor person who gathers from the field, the various gifts the Torah gives, uh, the poor, so he only has a few um, a few uh, husks. So he either either could, he could break them with a keli, with a vessel, or with his hands. And all of these are forbidden minatayra. It's biblically forbidden unless the Gemara says if you're moila maliles, if you only open the the husks with your fingertips, then it's not forbidden uh, minatayra. It's only considered a isrim derabanan. A biblical prohibition, but uh, tonight I want to talk about another tulda, another offshoot of the malacha of dash, which is very uh, pertinent halacha It's very pertinent nowadays. Not everyone has uh, to uh, thresh their uh, wheat, but there one of the tuldas, one of the offshoots of this malacha, which is also biblically forbidden, is is the idea of sachita, idea of uh, squeezing. There is a prohibition to take a grape or an olive and to squeeze them on Shabbos to produce the wine or the, or the oil. And just like when you uh, break open the husks of wheat, you take the kernels out of the husks of wheat, the husks of wheat are, are inedible, and you take the kernels out. In a similar way, you uh, extract the... Um, the wine and the oil out of the food. So the wine and oil are a liquid. And although in this scenario, the the grapes and the olives are edible, but in the malacha of dash, unlike the malacha of beir, the malacha of beir, as we get to God willing, um, is about separating the bad from the good, what you don't want from what you do want. But the malacha of dash, malacha of threshing, is not at all in a similar um, context doesn't have a similar way of mechanical mechanics. Malach of dash doesn't matter if taking the good from the bad or bad from the good. In the in the av malacha, you're taking the what you want. You're taking the uh, the 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 uh, kernels of wheat out of the husks. In the tulda, you're taking the liquid out of food. Taking liquid out of food is similar to dash. You're taking something that's not like the original uh, substance. It's not like the exterior. You're, and the inner part being removed from the exterior, which is different to the exterior, is the, is the, is the common denominator between the thrushing and the, remo- and the extracting of the juice out of the olives or out of the, the, um, out of the grapes. There, there could be a scenario where you're actually taking something good out of something bad, 
which would be biblical forbidden. For example, let's say you have grapes, which are boiser, which haven't yet ripened. You're not able to eat those grapes because they're not ripe yet. And you want to squeeze those grapes to produce juice. And they can produce uh, grape juice, wine, etc. So it's, it is biblically forbidden to extract the, um, the, uh, uh, the juice out of the, um, the uh, unripened grapes because you are, you are doing something similar to taking the kernels out of the wheat husks in the sense, you're taking something which is very different out of the grape. You're taking, taking a liquid. Now, this only applies to grapes and olives. Only grapes and olives are biblically forbidden to be squeezed and pressed on Shabbos. And this is because only grapes and olives have the distinction that their, that their juice is considered juice. A, their, for, let's draw an example from the laws of uh, washing, washing our hands before eating. We all know we have to wash our hands before eating bread, but there's an additional obligation to wash our hands before something which is tibuli uh, bemashka, or something which ha- which is moist. What is considered moisture biblically? So there are only seven kinds of liquid that are considered uh, a biblical liquid. Among them are oil and wine. So if you have, let's say, uh, uh, chicken, which was made with um, not olive oil, but another kind of oil, um, you will be allowed to eat the chicken, although it's greasy, and you're you know, and technically, whenever you um, eat food which is has liquid on it, the halacha is you're obligated to wash your hands. You don't say a bracha when you wash your hands, but you are obligated to wash your hands whenever you eat a, a food that is moist, but it's not considered moist, because the liquid on the chicken isn't olive oil. Only if it's olive oil then the halacha mandates, if you ate it with your fingers, that you would have to wash your hands because only olive oil is considered a liquid. So because olives and grapes have this distinction and that, they're, that what, when they're pressed, a new substance is extracted, a, a biblical liquid, therefore it is biblically forbidden to press them on Shabbos. The grapes produce wine, which has a, not, it's not considered a regular uh, liquid, it has a unique bracha, and the bracha for oil is also not like a regular liquid, which is usually a, a regular liquid, when we drink it, we say shahakal, olive oil, although the Gemara says you can't really drink it because it's dangerous to drink, but if you drank it in the way the Gemara says, you mix it with something else, the bracha of olive oil is actually so it's considered a more important liquid, and therefore it's biblically forbidden. But that's only the biblical prohibition. There is an additional rabbinic prohibition to, uh, to squeeze other fruits as well, even though even if not olives and not grapes and they're, they don't have this biblical distinction of, of, uh, of being, being considered a liquid, still, since it's similar to dash, it's similar to extracting uh, a foreign substance from food. It's similar to ex- extracting the kernels of wheat from the husk. And therefore, it is also forbidden on Shabbos to extract any juice from any fruit. Now, the, the, the biblical classification of squeezing, let's say, an orange and producing orange juice on Shabbos would be uchlo da'afras. It's, produ- it's separating food from food. 
You're not really separating a liquid from food because it's not considered an important liquid. But rabbinically, there, there is a prohibition. It does look similar to, a, to pressing grapes and olives, and therefore it is rabbinically forbidden. You're only forbidden to squeeze a, a uh, um, to squeeze anything if you're squeezing it into a liquid, because then it has this distinction of a liquid being extracted from a food. However, if you squeeze the food, the lemon, let's say, over, or the grape, let's say, and you're squeezing it over a, uh, a food, let's say you wanted to, um, uh, to season your, your whatever you're cooking uh, with, with some grape juice, and it's not considered a klishrishin, klishrishin, there's no, no issue with cooking, along with the laws of cooking right now, but you want to season it with the, by squeezing the grape over it, so food to food is not forbidden, minatayra, it's not forbidden, there's no rabbinical prohibition at all, it's completely permissible, you're allowed to l'chatchila to take a lemon and squeeze a lemon over your fish, but to squeeze the grape or something over, over a drink, that would be considered if it's a grape, it's biblically forbidden, and if it's another fruit, it is rabbinically forbidden. What about those fruits which are uh, the, people don't usually make juice out of them? Let's say you have a uh, a watermelon. Watermelon. Okay, I know the Trader Joe's has a, a certain kind of a watermelon juice, and there are there are, but it, it's it's not as common as other things as as orange juice. So, or among oranges themselves, you have some oranges that are, they're juice oranges, they're meant to produce juice. You buy them with your intent is you want to take these oranges and uh, make juice out of them. They are a different distinction, different class than oranges, which you're just taking to eat. So is there any practical difference between, uh, among other food, not grapes and olives? So there is an argument whether there is a biblical prohibition for other fruits, if they are uh, juice oranges, or uh, is it totally permissible if it's not a juice orange? As it's it's not considered something that that's that used to 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 produce juice at all, and therefore be allowed. That's an argument. What's the difference? We halacha is that we are strict in all kinds of fruit, not to squeeze them on Shabbos. There are still three halachic differences, uh, halachic implications to um, whether something is biblically forbidden to squeeze it or it's only rabbinically forbidden to squeeze it on Shabbos. Uh, here is the first one. Number one, let's say um, you have uh, juice that came out of a fruit by itself on Shabbos. How does juice come out of a fruit on Shabbos? It happens every week. After you eat your Shabbos meal, you have now your dessert. Let's say you take some uh, pieces of, of, you cut the orange up and you put the orange on a, on a tray for everyone to take a piece of orange. So, or other fruits, what ends up happening is, is that the the tray that you serve all this fruit on, um, there is some residue from all that, from all the um, fruit that was sitting on the tray. Mashkin Serzavu, the liquid that came out on Shabbos, are you allowed to drink that liquid? So the halacha is that it depends. If it's a biblically forbidden substance, like the grapes and the olives, so even though it came up by itself, and it wasn't something you did deliberately, still it is forbidden to have that uh, have that uh, liquid on Shabbos. And also, if the 
if you have juice oranges and you cut them up and you decide you didn't have time to press them before Shabbos and you cut them up and you put them on the tray and there's leftover liquid and you want to drink that liquid, you're not allowed to on Shabbos. However, if it was just regular oranges that you cut up and there weren't juice oranges and there's leftover liquid on the tray, so you're allowed to drink that liquid on Shabbos. There's no additional rabbinical uh, fence around the Torah made for these for these uh, oranges because their entire uh, the entire issue of squeezing them on Shabbos is rabbinic in the first place, and therefore there's no additional precaution. And the whole idea of worrying about juice that comes out of an, a fruit naturally on Shabbos being prohibited is only prohibited because we're afraid if a person will be allowed to have liquid that comes out of the fruit naturally, he may forget and think he's allowed to squeeze the fruit itself. So since these fruits aren't biblically forbidden in the first place, therefore our sages did not make any decree, and therefore you would be allowed to have the liquid that comes out naturally from non-Jewish oranges, and you would be not be forbidden to have the leftover juice from grapes or or um, or olives. Now, what about some people like instead they don't want to make a whole uh, they don't, they don't want to squeeze the grapes and the uh, olives and the oranges. They just want to uh, get the juice out of the grape or out of the orange. They take a piece of orange and they just they want to they want to just uh, uh, as we say in Yiddish to to uh, to suck the juice out of the orange. Is that forbidden on Shabbos? So the halacha is that. Uh, from grapes, it is forbidden to to take the grape and to try to get the, the juice out of the grape on Shabbos with your mouth. With other fruits, it is permissible. Even for those fruits, which those those oranges that are made to squeeze, um, they are also you're allowed to uh, you're allowed to uh, uh, try to get the juice out of them with your mouth. And there is no problem with doing that on Shabbos. Only the one which is biblically prohibited, according to everyone, the grapes and the olives, those are the only ones which are not allowed to try to uh, uh, get the juice out with your mouth on Shabbos, too, but um, everything else is okay. That's a second difference between biblically prohibited uh, pressing and squeezing on Shabbos and rabbinically prohibited fruits. There's a third difference. Third difference is, let's say you're, you're making a salad. And you're cutting up the vegetables, and someone else is cutting up uh, lemon, and they're trying to make lemon juice on Shabbos in order to put it in the salad. Now we said before that you're allowed to squeeze a lemon on a food on Shabbos, and it's no pro- it's, if you're allowed to. It's permissible because it's not considered extracting liquid from food because the liquid it goes from food to food. You're directly taking it from the lemon. And you're squeezing from one food, from the lemon, and you're putting it onto the uh, the other food. By the way, uh, lemons aren't considered a kind of fruit which is normally used to make a juice out of. And even though we all know that lemon juice is commonly made, but still it's not considered a regular fruit which you usually make juice out of because when the halacha talks about juice... Even we're not talking about biblical juice, which is only wine and oil, but even rabbinical juice is juice that you drink. Lemon juice isn't juice that's used to drink. Lemon juice is just used to season other items. 
So if you are making a salad and you are your friend is taking uh, lemons and they're and they're squeezing the lemons into a into a cup to create lemon juice, they're not directly squeezing it into the food. Would that be allowed? To pour the lemon, to squeeze the lemon directly over the salad is permissible because it's food to food. And although in the air it's for a second, it's a juice, it's not a problem as long as you're directly squeezing it over a salad. But what if you're squeezing it into a cup and your intent is to immediately after you finish making the salad to pour that cup onto the salad? Would that be permissible or not? So it depends what kind of thing you're talking about. If you're talking about something which is biblically prohibited to make juice out of, uh, so, so, uh, or either grapes or or oranges, which are made to produce juice, then you would not be allowed to pour their juice into a vessel, to a cup, and then pour the cup into the food. You would be able to take the directly from the grape, directly from the orange, and squeeze it over the salad, but you can't squeeze it into a cup and pour on the salad. However, with the lemon, since the lemon is again is not considered a regular, it's not considered a liquid at all. It's considered just something which is meant to. Uh, it's not considered a fruit which is used for its liquid. It's not it, the liquid again is just used for seasoning. Therefore, the, the prohibition of extracting liquid from a lemon is only rabbinic, and therefore you would be allowed to squeeze the lemon into a cup with the intent of pouring this onto your salad. Totally uh, okay. Um, now, get let's let's talk for a second about ice. Um, are you allowed to take a piece of ice and try to uh, break the ice up and to make water out of the piece of ice? Does it have any relevance to this discussion? So there is a Gemara. The Gemara says that to break ice and to make water out of ice is prohibited, but to put ice into a cup of liquid is permissible. Uh, before getting into the discussion, I just want to mention, uh, whenever you put ice into a, your cup, you have to make sure to put liquid there first. You have, put, you have to put liquid in the cup before you put the ice in the in the cup. Okay, what's the problem with putting the breaking the ice up and making the ice in, and trying to make the ice into liquid? So there's two opinions. You have the opinion of of uh, Rashi that this is called moilit. You're creating a new substance. It's uh, similar to other things which are prohibited on Shabbos, that not because they're actually a malacha, but it's similar to a malacha. Like producing a fire, let's say, on Yontif, a new fire, it's, it's similar to a malacha. You're producing something which is brand new. Or taking a perfume and putting the perfume on a garment, it, it, or on a, it, it's, you're creating a new kind of thing, and therefore it's not that it's a malacha, but it's, it's a... Um, it's similar to a malach. You're producing something that's new. And so, so it has nothing to do with our discussion. It's, it's a different prohibition. It has to do only with uh, a different category of things. Things on Shabbos which are prohibited because they look like a malach. They look like you're trying to do something which is brand new. But there is another opinion uh, which says that the problem with uh, breaking of the ice is considered squeezing. But everyone agrees that, that it's only considered a problem uh, when you when you do that by itself, and you break the ice up into pieces by itself and try to produce water out of the ice by itself. However, if you take the ice and you put the ice in a cup, although the liquid will get uh, mixed together with the other liquid, 
and there is liquid coming out of the ice, but since it's not noticeable, therefore there's no prohibition at all to put the ice into a cup of liquid. There's only prohibition of putting the ice into a cup by itself and trying to break it. And it's also um, it's also correct, again, when you put the ice in your cup, even if you're going to put liquid in later, it's best not to put the ice in the cup by itself. You should put the ice only in a cup that has liquid. Even if you're serving ice on a, on, in a tray, it's best to put some water in that tray before you put the ice in to be served. That's what I wanted to share tonight. Any questions, comments, or criticism? Okay, that's all for tonight. Good night. Zai gesund.